This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up, everybody? Ricky Whitmer here, along with the Mark Weber. Dub them ease. And we're back for another edition of the Onside Kick, right here on Most Valuable Podcast, your one-stop shop for everything NFL. And we got a jam-packed show, Mark, but before I do that, what do I got to do? Got to do a little bit of housekeeping. First off, patreon.com backslash Most Valuable Podcast. If you had not checked it out already, please do so. You love watching the videos. You hit that like button, that sub button. You share our videos, want to help out even more. Check out our Patreon page just for $10. You can be on an onside kick with us. I am pretty excited, though, Mark, because Christian, who is one of our newest patrons, he did say he listens to the fast break and the onside kick. So hoping to get Christian on an onside kick in the near future. And also, if you're on iTunes right now, thank you for listening. And if you have an iTunes account, give us that five-star rating. Give the Onside Kick, the Primetime Podcast, the Fast Break, and the Rick and Johnny Podcast, that beautiful five stars on iTunes. It would mean the world to us. We got a jam-packed show. We always got a jam-packed show, Mark. And we're talking about quarterbacks, quarterbacks, quarterbacks today on the podcast. Looking at Eli Manning. He's been benched. We're kind of going to look, is he done with the Giants because of this? We're going to look at Jimmy Garoppolo. Could starting him hurt the 49ers? Then we're looking at my Vikings. And can Case Keenum bring the Vikings to the promised land in their own home stadium in Super Bowl Lee this year? Lee. Or Lee this year. There's an extra yeah. I this year. Got to get excited. Before we make mm-hmm. our Week 13 picks to end the podcast. But let's start off Eli Manning. And I'm going to ask you. With the benching of Eli, Geno Smith's going to start this week. Is Eli kaputzed in New York? You know, I, I've been on record multiple times, whether it's Twitter at the Mark Weber or uh, here on the podcast. Two weeks we talked about, will he be done? Yeah, and, and be I've been done? on the record of saying that I think that the New York Giants should and will draft a quarterback mm-hmm. in the first round of this draft. Eli Manning is 36 years old. Uh, but do I think that he is done as a New York football giant? No, not at all. And actually, I think that this move is going to do the opposite of what a guy like uh, Ben McAdoo thinks it's going to do. To me, this really smells of a very similar situation that I have experienced in Chicago uh, with a coach that did not pan out, even though he was a decent you know, coordinator mm-hmm. in Mark Tressman, who got a little sick of his quarterback uh, and decided he was going to bench Jay Cutler and put in, uh, I think that was not Caleb Haney, that was um, Josh McCown. Josh McCown year. Um, there's so many backups in, well, in Chicago. The reason I remember that is Dave would make the joke that uh, he got replaced by the, the high, high school, school gym the teacher. High school gym teacher. Now, um, you know, it reminds me of that only because this was a coach that everybody knew was going to get fired at the mm-hmm. end of the year. And he benched the quarterback to be like, look, it's not me, it's him. That's what Ben McAdoo is doing in my eyes. He's saying, look, my system works. It's not Eli, or it's not me, it's Eli. It's mm-hmm. Eli. Eli Manning's the guy to blame. And everybody is seeing past it. Everybody's being like, Ben, just stop it, man. You're going to get fired. Start looking for new jobs. Dust off the resume. Make sure it's nice and up to date. Make sure you got a suit. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, 
because he's the one who's going to be looking for new jobs. It's not going to be Eli. Eli Manning means so much to the New York football giant organization with those two beautiful super rings that he has uh, gotten instead of— I like how you said super rings and not Super Bowl rings. Well, they're pretty magical. (laughs) Uh, Over, of course, the GOAT, Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, he just means so much to this organization that I can't imagine that he will be gone next year. They're not going to trade him which is Mm -hmm. what people are saying in the offseason, they'll trade him. No, because McAdoo's going to be gone, so they're going to get a new head coach, and new head coach is going to get his pick between Davis Webb, maybe Geno Smith. I'm not sure if Geno's on a one-year deal or not. Uh, And Eli Manning, and of course they're going to pick Eli Manning, the guy who's won two Super Bowls. Well, the thing that I look at is the whole thing that I think this plays into, and really topic one and topic two for us today are kind of going to interline and kind of link together because they both talk about the draft. And Geno is on a one-year deal. I looked that up for you. So basically so you can switch Geno with new quarterback they yeah. draft. And that's what I'm looking at because as of right now, you've got the Browns at number one, you've got the 49ers at two, but then you've got the Giants at three. And for me, if I'm a Giant fan right now, first off, is Eli done? Absolutely not. Eli will not be done. However, I think the Giants are doing exactly what they need to do. And I know Giant fans just grabbed the table as they almost fell over. What, what, what? Bench Eli? But by starting Geno Smith and by losing games, because let's be completely honest, you're not like I didn't see the Giants winning out the rest of the year. But Eli's still a pretty good quarterback. They might be able to win some they games. They got a tough I mean, schedule. I don't think so. I but you look at even just the last two, we all thought the Kansas City Chiefs would be a tough game for them and they won that one in overtime and then even with the Redskins, that was only a 10-point game. They've had some close games here this year. The Chargers was 27-22. Tampa Bay was 25-23. That was a last second field goal that won that game. The Philadelphia Eagles also needed. That was the Carson Wentz, I'll give the kicker my paycheck if he makes this kick in that game. So there have been some close games for the Giants this year. But by starting Geno Smith, what I think is going to happen, and I'm kind of spoiling things for the next segment. And to be fair, they're starting Geno Smith and then also playing Davis Webb. Yes. They've they've already committed to playing both quarterbacks. By doing that, what the Giants are going to do— And you know what they say when you got two quarterbacks, you really have none. What the Giants are going to do is basically say, you know what, Eli, this year's a wash. I know your streak comes to the end, and that's why I kind of almost agree with Eli. Like what he said when he was asked about it, yeah, I thought I was just going to come in— and basically come in to keep the streak alive of consecutive games started for the Giants. They're gonna, you know, what they I'd would let have them do? play that first series. And yeah, then no, you put them out there. You go, all right, Eli, you're gonna kneel it. I'd do first, it first. First and ten, kneel. Does he get the start? No. Here's the problem with that. His he's at two ten mm-hmm. right now. Eli Manning's at two hundred and ten starts. Mm-hmm. You know how many starts Brett Favre had? A lot. 278. A lot. He is f- about five and a half football seasons mm-hmm. away from he's Brett Favre. He's not going to catch Brett Favre. He's not going to play well, till he's 41. And the point that I was getting at, So though, there's no point in continuing. Like, yeah. The streak doesn't matter because you're not going to get. Well, you're not going to win. It only matters to Eli. It doesn't matter to the team. It but matters to the player. But you're going to come in second place. But here's, here's Eli the Eli is used to being second place 
against his brother. Not the point. Not the point. I know you're going with the joke there. The, <laughs> it had to happen. But he's equal uh, Manning. He, he's used to being second place. Currently, but he's, he's equal, equal Manning. But yeah. my point is, what I think is going to happen is by them starting Geno and playing Davis, uh, Davis Webb, is they are basically going to take the number two overall pick away from the 49ers. And by having the number two pick, because I don't think they can get the number one away from Cleveland, is they'll basically they'll keep Eli, fire Ben McAdoo, get rid of the GM, bring a new GM, a new coach in, and say, okay, you've got the second pick. You get, depending on if they come out, but right now basically you get your pick between Darnold and Rosen unless the Browns either trade the pick and someone takes one of them, you're going to get one of those two guys. So you're going to get either Rosen or Darnold can get that high quarterback to have your guy while Eli kind of bridges that gap, kind of Aaron Rodgers style, except I don't know if it's three years like Aaron. The only dangerous thing is it's very similar to his brother, Peyton. Mm-hmm. Um and what, With Andrew Luck? Well, yeah, what what their dad, Archie Manning, who controls everything in the mm-hmm. Manning family, what his dad has said in the past sure is— Sure it's not Cooper? You don't—yeah, Cooper. <laughs> we, we like, Cooper to, we like to pretend Cooper's not even there. Um, he's, the, he's the ultimate puppet, puppet master. They, uh, they've they said in the past that mm-hmm. uh, you don't draft a quarterback number one or number— we're going to put number two in there, mm-hmm. but that's not part of the quote. You don't yeah. draft a quarterback number one overall or number two mm-hmm. to have them sit. You don't do it. If you draft a guy that early, it's because you intend for them to start. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I don't know. People people really love these these uh, recruits coming out of college here, uh, but I would put Andrew Luck at a different level. I think Andrew Luck is that. I would. Is that guy, you know, I, I, I don't like the term once in a generation. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little silly, but he's a once in a generation type well, of quarterback. These guys are really good prospects, but mm-hmm. we'll see if they turn out. Well, Andrew I, Luck was a sure thing. I would agree. Andrew Luck was, you knew the whole entire season, he's the number one pick. Yeah. It's kind of like Jameis Winston was a little bit different because to me, like the Jameis Winston draft, we technically had two of those quarterbacks. I think Marcus Mariota or. Jameis Winston could mm-hmm. have been a number one quarterback. Yeah. They just they were both in the same class. You've got like the Cam Newtons, the Matthew Staffords. It's like, you know what? We don't have that here. Like Darnold could be that guy, but there are there are scouts saying, hey, you know what? Go back to school one more year. Get yeah. that under your belt. Where right now more scouts are favoring Rosen over Darnold. However, Darnold has the high Darnold has the higher ceiling. Rosen has the higher floor. That's that's how you got to look at it mm. coming out. Yeah, and it's just one of those things where is that going to lead to a Manning family wanting another trade? Yes, and it, I could it see definitely it. could. So New York is in a very tricky situation mm-hmm. right now. And if you didn't bench Eli and then you draft someone right off the bat, I think you can maybe weather that storm mm-hmm. and you can maybe get through it. Drafting a quarterback. And already creating the bad blood because the Manning family does not tolerate things like this. Um, they would be the kind of family to say, no, 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 no. You don't do this to our son. They'll call up Roger Goodell and say, got to change the rules, buddy. Mm-hmm. Extend the trade deadline for my for my boy, Eli. <laughs> for my he's, baby boy. He's going to Jacksonville. You know, um, I could see that's one of the teams off 
off the right? mics. I brought up to you. Tom yeah. Coughlin is there. It makes sense. I he's, mean, Blake Bortles is nothing like Eli Manning. He'll go to Jacksonville. He'll go to Denver. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got places he can go and compete right mm-hmm. now. Uh, he can go to play for Andy Reid. You know. Old. They got Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, but Alex Smith sucks, and they're not willing to play Mahomes mm-hmm. right now. The Cardinals? Eli Manning can sling it. Um, Cardinals, they're they're falling off too much for me, to for Eli to go and compete mm-hmm. today. Um, but I'm just saying that there, there are options there, and the Manning family is not the kind that will be subtle about do this for us right now because we are football royalty. Yeah. Um, do I think that's going to happen? Not really. I think Eli Manning is a different mm-hmm. kind of Manning, and uh, everybody's been talking about how he's such a good guy and stuff like that, and he is. He definitely is. Uh, you can show, you can see it right now by him not extending his streak, by him saying, mm-hmm. no, if you're going to play this guy, you play him. I'll take my benching. I'll do it. Uh, like for, he said, I'll be a good backup, basically. Yeah, exactly. I'll back him up. Exactly. Something that his, uh, his brother certainly I don't think would have done. Mm-hmm. Uh, his dad, I don't necessarily think would have done either. No, his brother didn't do like Brock Osweiler was basically remember the Titans. Where's my helmet? And Peyton was like, <laughs> it's OK. Yeah. I've got And it. then karma got Peyton after he got hurt and yeah. Brock uh, had his job for a while. Cockadoodle do. And then the but then, of course, it came back and you know, Peyton tied mm-hmm. his brother in Super Bowls. But anyways, <laughs> I think that Eli will be back. I really mm-hmm. just think this backfires on Ben McAdoo and Ben McAdoo's getting his, his, uh, his ass handed to him and kicked out the door. If anything, this locker room, which already was falling apart, is going to be in absolute disarray. And if anything, mm-hmm. I think this causes Ben McAdoo to lose his job sooner as opposed to a Black Monday type of uh, job loss. Well, and the thing that you also got to think about is I get why the Giants, like I said, could be doing this because when it plays to the draft, especially – I mean they – did they make the – they made the move before the Niners. It wasn't like the Niners yes, named Jimmy correct. Garoppolo. It was yeah. they were going to bench uh, Eli and they knew that, but – just now what happened with the Jimmy Garoppolo starting, mm-hmm. like it plays in. I get getting the higher draft seat, although that probably wasn't the main reason, but now it works into that. Mm-hmm. But when you look at Eli, it's like, is this season, is this 2-9 and nine season, Eli? is it Eli's fault? No. The one thing I look at, and I mean, of course, everyone is going to say, you've got Odell Beckham, who's only played four games this year. And Brandon Marshall, who's only played five. Your two top wide receivers that were yeah. supposed to be coveted weapons for Eli Manning have played a combined nine games together. Well, and don't of, of course don't forget uh, Sterling Shepard too. Yeah, who had a great mm-hmm. first year, and now you don't have any of these weapons. You know, you're, you've never had a run game in a long, long, long time. And your best weapon has been your rookie tight end Ingram. He's yeah. been your best weapon out there, and your defense is. You know, the thing that's kind of expected to be a mm-hmm. bright spot on this team, and it can't keep doing well, you know, because the uh, the rest of the team isn't able to compete, so they're on the field all the time. Yep. A big thing for me that the the one sticking point, and I, you know, the, uh, a reason why I would maybe even believe one of your crazy tinfoil hat conspiracies here mm-hmm. of tanking is what you're basically accusing them of doing. Yeah. Um, if you said, you know what, we drafted Davis Webb. Mm-hmm. Let's see what he's got. That's an okay thing to do. And they're kind of sort of toying with that, but they're throwing in this weird wrench of, and Geno Smith gets to start too. 
You know, and it's like, why? We know Geno Smith is not a good quarterback. We know he's garbage. We know what Geno Smith is. Why did you even sign him? He is just a camp body, Mm -hmm. you know, is what he should be, and somehow he's on the roster still as a backup. Here's a a trick question for you. Sure. Who would you rather have on your team, Tim Tebow or Geno Smith? Um, Tim Tebow. Okay. Because at least I can put him in in fourth quarter and we'll win. (laughs) Um, Or overtime. As long as it's close. As long as it's within like, you know, 15 points, uh, not Eli, Tim Tebow can do it. Or overtime. How does that feel, Steve? You'll need need one play. Mm -hmm. One play and overtime. Timmy T can do it. One play. I remember, um, just just as an aside, I remember a, uh, a girl that I... Had had met um, mm-hmm. a long a long days ago, uh, many moons was, ago before I was married, um, and you know, and we exchanged numbers and we're talking on the phone. And the thing that did it for me, this was the thing that made me know she really liked Tim. This Tebow. is not going to work. She kept telling, trying to convince me that Tim Tebow he could get it done if someone just gave him a chance. And I was like, and this was like, this is after, this is after that year, after yeah. the after the playoff game and everything. So if somebody just gave him a chance, I think he'd be a really good quarterback. No, and I was like, no. I don't know how much football you watch, but the answer is no. Tim well, Tebow cannot. He is fine on the bench. And he we, is fine on the couch. And we are very happy that that ended right there and that you are at that where is, you're at right literally, now. Literally, that phone conversation, that was a phone conversation. That phone conversation made mm-hmm. me go, there's not going to be any more of this. <laughs> no, no, de- no. I'm deleting your number We're right done now. with I this. am blocking your number, deleting your number, never we, talking We literally never did talk again. again after that. But final, like. Final thoughts on this, because I think we've yeah. gotten enough of it, is how do you think this is all going to play out? Because obviously both you and I don't think that this means Eli's done and he's for sure not a giant next year. But take me through this off the rest of this season, the yeah. off season, a little bit of next year. How do you think this is all going to play out for the yeah. Giants? Well, anybody who looks at this is going to know it's not Eli's fault. Mm-hmm. I mean— you know, people are people are going to complain about interceptions because that's what Eli does. He makes boneheaded decisions, and he has a good enough team most of the time to bail him out. Uh, but you look at his interceptions this year, and he is on pace to have one of his lowest interceptions thrown, probably his second or third lowest, which is amazing in the season. Amazing, just due to the weapons that he's the, had injured. Yeah, for having nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at his yards not being that great, but of course that's going to be because he's got nobody to throw the ball mm-hmm. to. Uh, touchdowns, not very good. Once again, nobody to throw the ball to. This team can't score. Uh, they're one of the worst for points for. Um, this is not on Eli. To me, this just screams once again of a coach trying to point the fingers at somebody. And he's already lost his locker room, so he's going to be out the door. I think there's a good chance he's out the door before the season ends, uh, before Black Monday. You know what is also a red flag for Ben McAdoo, though? Uh-huh. I think it was the Denver game. It wasn't the Chief game. I think it was the Denver game. That was the one where they finally gave over play calling from uh I think it was Ben McAdoo to the offensive coordinator and it's like holy crap they're winning and I was like really you're the head coach you're supposed to be this big offensive mind that you know you're the whole it wasn't Tom Coughlin that made this offense go it was you that made this offense go and the big thing that I think has been the Giants kind of biggest crutch and it's what might have left when Tom Coughlin left Tom Coughlin, and he's showing it in Jacksonville, is the ultimate culture builder. Mm -hmm. Coughlin time. Giant time is what you'd always hear in interviews where it's like he'd set the clocks five minutes fast. Which is stupid. So you're basically always five minutes. 
basically meetings are starting five minutes earlier than they really should. Such a, such a dumb thing. Because it's giant time. It's like, really stupid. I saw it. It was an interview with, like, the mm. punter. I think it was Weatherford still at the yeah. time. He's like, yeah, I'd have to set my watches and stuff five minutes, like, back because I couldn't be late to meetings and stuff. Which is silly because if everybody's clocks get moved by five minutes, then it the meeting is just at 10.05 mm-hmm. or at 9.55. Doesn't it doesn't matter? It doesn't do anything. It's such a stupid thing. Maybe that's why I'm not not a, an NFL head coach because I'm not buying into to Coughlin's giant time. Mm-hmm. But to move forward, um, you know they're obviously going to be looking for somebody. They're going to be looking. They're probably going to clean house. Is what's going to happen? Yeah. Um, Except keep Eli, but know that he's probably well. Done I mean, on the coaching years. staff, yeah. they're going to they're going to clean house that way. They're going to be looking for someone who's willing to work with Eli. Mm-hmm. An interesting one that I just want to throw out there, John Fox. Is John Fox is good when he's got a good team already. The problem he's had in Chicago is he just can't get this team Mm -hmm. to a level that's ready to go. You know, he's he's a lot better when he's got pieces there already. Um, Not saying John Fox is going to happen. I just want to throw it out there because it's basically been confirmed by now that John Fox will be fired at the end of the season for Chicago. Ryan Pace has his list of guys he's interested in. He doesn't want to make the move yet. He's waiting until the end of the season mm-hmm. um, for reasons. Which makes me happy because I've all year I've been calling for John Fox. And, and I used to be the guy to def- say, John Fox, he'll be fine. Mm-hmm. He'll, he'll keep his job, and I can't defend him anymore. He's gone. <laughs> Dal Loggins is gone. I wish Vic Fangio wasn't gone, but he'll be gone probably too. Bears um, are going to clean, sta- clean house also. I think they'd be willing to keep Vic Fangio. Mm-hmm. It just won't happen. Uh, because of various reasons. Um, so they're going to be looking around for someone, and they're going to try and find somebody that's willing to work with Eli while at the same time probably groom the young quarterback that they draft in the first round. Let's say you do go and get rid of Ben McAdoo. I'll yeah. ask you the same question I asked, Brand- or asked Brandon when we talked about the Bears. Yep. Do you go offensive mind? Do you go defensive mind? Are you a guy that goes like a John Fox way where – that's more of a defensive-minded coach? Or do you go out there and the one that obviously comes to my mind is a guy that's going to come up in a lot of interviews is Jim Bob Cooter with oh, the Detroit Lions. Yeah. Do you go with a, a more offensive-style coach or do you go with that defensive style if you're the Giants? I think it, it, part of me is split. I mean, if I'm very focused on Eli Manning and I think that we can win something now, mm-hmm. you know, kind of do a Peyton Manning-esque last ride. Uh, then I want a defensive coach. Mm-hmm. And the reason is why is because the strength of this team should be on this defense, yeah. and there's a lot of great pieces on offense. Eli can make it happen. Mm-hmm. But if I'm really focused on this young guy that I'm drafting in the first round, then I want an offensive guy. I want somebody who can groom him while at the same time Eli is going to be there still keeping the ship, still doing mm-hmm. good things, and then kind of showing and being that role model. Um, although you can go with a defensive coach, and Eli Manning can still help out. Eli Manning can still coach this this young guy, if he's willing to, and I think Eli would be, unlike his brother Peyton. Took the words right out of my mouth. I was like, in my mind, I'm like, okay, I know what I'm going to say, and then I'm listening to you, and I'm going, you said the exact thing I was going to say. If you're going to go Eli, go defensive coach. If you're going to draft a quarterback at number two overall, go with an offensive coach. But I want to turn it on to you guys now. Let us know what you guys think. Is Eli done? What should the Giants do with their number two pick? I'm pretty convinced they're a number two pick at this point. Basically, with Jimmy Garoppolo and Eli, what's going on? We're going to get into Garoppolo next. But what will they do with their pick? Who should you hire if you get rid of McAdoo? Let us know about everything down below in the comment section. 
But Mark, let's let's move on. Let's transition into. I was already bringing up the Niners in the Giants segment. Let's move over. The Giants are going to, or not the Giants, the 49ers, pardon me. I'm getting a little mixed up in my head. 49ers starting Jimmy Garoppolo, or Jimmy Garoppolo, as we like to say here, in Chicago. And we've got Jimmy. He's going to be starting for the 49ers. I want to ask you this. When it comes to draft position, mm-hmm. 49ers are right there sitting at two. They play the Bears this next week. They play... The Tom Savage Houston Texans, not the Deshaun Watson, the Tom Savage Houston Texans. And then they got some tougher games between the Titans, Jaguars, and Rams. But just these next two, Bears and Texans, could Jimmy Garoppolo actually hurt the 49ers when it's all said and done? I think he can. I mean, especially when it comes to draft, and, and I can I can talk about something else, mm-hmm. too. Uh, but we look at this season, or these the rest of the season. Yeah. You got a game against Chicago. And yes, you're going Should to be an Soldier easy Field. Win. But this is a team that they're ready for the season to be over. And San Francisco mm-hmm. is on the flip side of we just made a quarterback change. We're ready to go forward. We got the quarterback of the future. We're ready to win some games now. Is there any symbolism behind that that his first start with the 49ers is in his hometown? Is back home in Chicago. No, I, I I wouldn't necessarily say symbolism, but I think it's a cute little thing. You know, it's a nice little story. You know, you know, I'm all about those storylines. Yeah, man. his mom the can go see it. Hometown kid coming. That's what I, I would assume think. the family still lives in Arlington Heights. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure, um, but I assume you know that what? they would. I I think so because when because uh, day job uh, college counselors mm-hmm. when I was at a school last year. That was like Niles area. Mm-hmm. They mentioned Jimmy's brother as a coach out there. Huh. So they're interesting. They're probably still in the area. There you go. I was like, huh, Jimmy Garoppolo's brother, uh, coaching high school in the what area. What do you know? <laughs> what do you know? I'm going to hang out with that guy for Wasn't, a wasn't bit. he even going to the NFL like your brother, huh? Yeah, huh? right. That's what I thought in my head. But. Uh, so they had this one with the Bears. Mm-hmm. You know, these are teams that are. Going in opposite direction, trend-wise. Could win the next two. Now, I'm not going to say should win, but could win the next yeah. two. And to be fair, none of these are locks. Neither yeah. one of these games are locks. I mean, Chicago's a team that's pissed off because mm-hmm. they just got destroyed against the best team in the NFL. So they might want to come back. Mm-hmm. And the Texans are a team that, yes, Savage is out there, but they can still score points. Yeah. You know? Um, but these two games, they probably should win them. The only reason mm-hmm. I think that they might not is because they're both road games. So, I don't know. We'll see. Then you got the Titans, which are, you know, they're a really good team. You got the Jaguars, an amazing defense. And then you got the Rams that can score like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. So, you should at least win two games. Well, I should say you should at least win one game. I don't know. You and could win one you game. Win three games. You could. You could win all they, five. They beat the Rams. Or, oh, no. They lost to the Rams early. They should have beaten the Rams early in the year. That's what I'm thinking. You could, you could technically win all five. Mm-hmm. You could win out. But... You should at least win one, mm-hmm. and that's all that it takes to lose number two overall. No, it doesn't. They need two. You want to know why? And I just noticed this. Why? They have the head-to-head tiebreaker over the Giants. They beat the Giants. Yeah. So you got to lose two. No, you have to lose one because they have the head-to-head tiebreaker. Oh, no, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. I'm, I was thought the Giants won. I'm sorry. I misunderstood yeah, what you said. The, the the, you're right. they got to win won. two. Mm-hmm. So beat Chicago, and that's okay as long as you lose to the Texans. Yeah. Or the other way. I could lose to Chicago. You can beat the Texans. I'm looking at it, and I think that with Jimmy Garoppolo, 
Mm-hmm. I think this team wins the next two games at least. Because, I think so. I mean, I look at look at every road game thus far for mm-hmm. the 49ers. Every single one minus the Eagle one, you go to Seattle, you lose by three. You go to Arizona, you lose by three in overtime. You go to Indy, you lose by three in overtime. You go to Washington, you lose by two. Every single game except for that Eagle one, because guess what? Best team in football. Every single game but that Eagle one has been a close one. Yeah. But guess what? The Bears, the Texans, they're worse than the Cardinals, worse than the Colts, worse than the Seattle Seahawks. Their Mm -hmm. teams... That with a Jimmy Garoppolo, because guess what? In those games, you didn't have Jimmy Garoppolo. Now with Garoppolo, I could see the Niners winning the next two. I could even see them winning against the Rams. The only thing that's different is I think this Rams team is a little bit different of a team than they were week three when the Niners almost beat them on Thursday night football. And something that, just because I did some research, because mm-hmm. um, something didn't quite sound right, uh, it actually, the first round is decided by strength of schedule in the draft for ties. Tiebreaker is strength of schedule, so therefore the New York Giants should actually win it. If they both are, if they both only win two games, mm-hmm. New York Giants currently have a higher strength of schedule. Okay. Um, well, yeah, yeah. I don't think, I don't see... Uh, I don't see the 49ers on here right now. That's a good sign. That means they're in the middle. Um, so not that it really matters that much because I honestly, I do think that the draft spot is a is an issue. But if you're going to go off the theory that, well, they have their quarterback. New York wants a quarterback. It doesn't matter where they go. Mm-hmm. You know, they're really competing with Chicago for maybe a wide receiver, yeah, offensive line help, you know. That's more where they're competing with. Mm-hmm. Um and they they might win enough games to well, to get ahead of Chicago as well in the draft. They might knock themselves out mm-hmm. of the top 5 potentially. You know, where I think the biggest issues potentially for the for the San Francisco 49ers is one, the same thing I said last time we talked mm-hmm. about this is you have Jimmy Garoppolo. You have tied yourself to that quarterback. Yeah. You don't have the potential to draft one of these quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. If you liked one of them, they might not. Lynch might have said, I don't like any of these guys. I don't want anything well, to do with them. And the thing that I think looking at it is, I think John Lynch told us last year what kind of a GM he is. Because mm-hmm. he had all the power in the world to say, you know what, we're going to go at Mitchell Trubisky. We're going to take anybody. Mitch. You couldn't win with anybody. We're going to go and kiss some titties, mm-hmm. and we're going to take Mitch Trubisky, and he's going to be our guy. Now, you could also say, like, ah, maybe he wasn't in love with Trubisky. He's going to wait for maybe the next year. Maybe he wanted year. Watson. Maybe he wanted Mahomes. He could have anybody. I think looking at hindsight, and hindsight's always twenty twenty, based off of the move to go and grab Jimmy Garoppolo, Lynch was a guy that always knew, I'm not going to draft a rookie quarterback. I am not going to do that. We're going to wait, and we're going to get— I don't think it was Jimmy Garoppolo at the time, but I think it was a Garoppolo was on the table— Kirk Cousins is on the table, yeah. the connection with Kyle Shanahan. I believe that veteran quarterback was always on the table for John Lynch. And the reason why I think that starting, like, I get why you have to start Jimmy Garoppolo right now. 
because with the injury, just by getting CJ injured in the last game and having Jimmy go out there. Once he's out there, he stays. It's a lot harder unless you're Nathan Peterman and you throw five interceptions. It's hard to go, we're not going to start him. It's so hard because then the fan base is going to go, but why? Why would you do that, huh? Why? Why? And they're constantly going to ask. And I get the Bill Polian thing of once you start listening to the fans, you'll be sitting with them. That's right. But it's hard to sit Jimmy Garoppolo because everyone knows what he can be and who he can be and what he can bring to this team. I just think it's going to hurt the 49ers because I'm not looking at who the Niners could take at number two. I'm looking at it. We've seen it before. John Lynch has pulled, and I said it last year, pulled the wool over the eyes of the Chicago Bears and tricked them into trading that pick because I thought he was always going to take Solomon Thomas and didn't want Mitch Trubisky at all. He could not have, He's not going to have the chance to do that again because he's going to lose that second overall pick and not have that, oh, you want this quarterback? I can get you this quarterback. Scratch I mean, my he, back. He could Scratch still my have back. It. I think that what I'm interested— not if, not if they win the next two. That's the thing. Like, Well, I don't know. It depends, and, on, it depends on where the quarterbacks go. And I was, you got to wait and see the draft. And I was wrong. With them beating the Giants, that actually helps the Giants more mm-hmm. so than it helped the 49ers. Oops. But if you win the next two, that basically hurts you even more. So that's what I think is going to go down. They win the next two— And then it's like, great, we're now not the number one, number two pick. And as of right now, that's where I see the quarterbacks going. But everything could change by the time we get to the draft. I think that um, here's my here's my thing where I stand on this one. Mm -hmm. I think that John Lynch, and what I'm very interested to see with him in this coming draft in this offseason. So far, he has shown himself to be a guy who likes to make moves, a guy wheeler and dealer. Yeah. A guy who wants to make a splash. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to reference Mike Florio a little bit on this okay. one. Uh, and Mike Florio is one of the few people in the world who that seems to be on, on my my uh, my same line of thought here. Of I think this could be dangerous for them. Mm-hmm. This move, and I'm not completely saying what Mike Florio is saying here, but he basically said that John Lynch and the 49ers wanted to win something this season. We're talking. We're not talking about the draft. This season has been horrendous. They are mm-hmm. one in ten. Uh, they were not one in ten, obviously, when they got Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, but they they had not won a single game when they had him. Um, they wanted to win something, and the one win they could make happen was getting that quarterback for the future. And they went and they did it. The problem is, they put themselves in a lose lose potentially situation. Mm-hmm. Now, all of this could be. For nothing, because Jimmy Garoppolo could go out there and throw ten touchdowns. You know, calm down, comment section. Um, they he could go out there and be the next Tom Brady, the next Peyton. You make you make your pick. He could be fucking amazing. Now, let's say he's not. You put yourself in a lose lose situation. Now, I'm not even saying it has to be terrible, but the 49ers went out and said we're going to franchise tag him most likely. Mm-hmm. That's a stupid thing. If you're ever in a negotiation for your salary. The one big piece of advice anyone will give you is don't talk first. When they say, what's your current salary? You probably shouldn't give it to them. Or what are you looking for? You shouldn't say anything. You want them to say their price first because it might be higher than what you were going to say. And that's awesome. 
That's what the 49ers just did. Mm -hmm. They said, we will most likely franchise tag Jimmy Garoppolo. So Jimmy says, awesome, that's my floor. If you're going to get a long-term deal done with me, or even like a shorter two, three-year deal, Mm -hmm. it's going to be higher than that, what, 28, I think? I'm not 100% sure on what the what the contract would be, but I think it might be around $28 million. I think it's an average of it, – it deals with the top five salaries at yeah. your position, and then it, it's an average situation. And then it goes up, and happen. it goes up, and it goes up. Um, so they're going to put him in a really high guarantee. So he knows that's his floor. And you know what else is tricky? This past year, the salary average, and this was for exclusive mm-hmm. franchise players by cost, for quarterbacks for 2017, it was $21.268 okay. So closer to 22 mm-hmm. I was a little high. Uh, the other thing it does for Jimmy is let's say they do negotiate a deal. Mm-hmm. If I'm Jimmy Garoppolo, I am not going to even talk to you about a deal. Until you give me that franchise tag. Because you already told me you were going to do it. Mm-hmm. And I'll sign it immediately. And then I'll say, all right, we can get a deal done. Because I already signed the franchise tag. And the fun thing about the franchise tag, they follow you. Mm-hmm. So if San Francisco gives him this franchise tag, and let's say something happens, something happens, he ends up over in, I don't know, Arizona, Miami, take your pick. And then they franchise tag him. That's his second franchise tag. Even though it's different teams. That's his second franchise tag. Yeah. So it's a higher amount. So he will be of an advantage for his future career Mm -hmm. in that case. That is not a good situation negotiation salary-wise for Mm -hmm. the 49ers to be. Now, they got tons of cap room. They can make it happen right now. But what gets dangerous a little bit is you've given your leverage to the quarterback. You played your hand. You Exactly. You played your hand early. And... It's not necessarily a great thing. It's not necessarily a bad thing mm-hmm. either. It could work out just fine. Jimmy Garoppolo could take a lesson out of Tom Brady's book, who he's been learning from, mm-hmm. and say, I will take a very team-friendly deal so that way we can go and get great weapons and we can win Super well, Bowls. And that's also a thing that I, I'm just going to throw in there. you got to think mm-hmm. about the agent for Jimmy Garoppolo, same agent of Tom Brady. They share yeah. an agent. But Tom, Tom Brady's in a very different situation where Tom mm-hmm. Brady could play for free and he's still rich. Whereas Jimmy Garoppolo still hasn't had that first big contract. I assume Jimmy Garoppolo is not married. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, and it's not even that. It's not even the big contract. It's the fact that Tom Brady's money is chump change. Uh, that's what they. That's what they use for toilet paper. Giselle's the one who's making all the money in the family. True. Um, Tom's just got to wear the Uggs. Tom is getting himself <laughs> set up with that uh, that nice uh, T twelve TB twelve uh-huh. energy drinks or whatever. Yeah. Um, and his diet that he's got going on. And I swear, wearing the mugs. Oh, man. But I, like I said, it's not a bad thing. And I don't necessarily think the San Francisco 49ers hurt themselves. Mm-hmm. I think that they just made a little bit of a blunder in the way they have gone about things since. Because now that he's going to play, mm-hmm. you do have the potential for him to go out there and not do that great of a job. And then what are their fans going to say? That's an interesting component. And you're going to really pay a guy 22. You, this is just coming from a fan. What mm-hmm. a fan might say. You're really going to pay a guy 22 million when he went out there and he just threw 10 interceptions, three touchdowns. Not saying that's what's going to happen with Jimmy. I'm just saying you're in a weird situation for San Francisco where they have to mm-hmm. la, 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 can't hear what you're saying and just move forward with their plan no matter what. See, and the thing is I get the play your hand thing because mm-hmm. I, would, I wouldn't I would come out and say, yeah, I'm going to franchise. Yeah, it's a silly I thing would, to do. I would keep it up here 
And then I would basically not let you know that. Mm. However, if they do franchise tag them, it's not the end of the world for them because the thing that you can look at is basically, okay, we – because I go back to the trade. And what I think when the 49ers – I don't think the 49ers were sitting there going, we need to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. Like since week one going – we need to get Jimmy Garoppolo. No, in the I don't door. think so. At all. I don't think they even thought he was an option. I I think it was basically the whole trade deadline goes around. John Lynch throws something out there, and Belichick goes, "All right, talk to me." And then it's like, "Wait, just a second rounder?" Or you might have yeah. been like, "Hey, how about Jimmy for a second? And Bill goes, "Okay." Well, this whole trade has potential to be one of the weirdest mm-hmm. trades in, in NFL history. Not really, because but like for the Niners, for, just giving up a second rounder. Yeah, it's like, sure, okay. Potentially, Deal. that has to be that could potentially be one of the mm-hmm. biggest NFL deals ever. You know, to just be like a second for a guy who everyone's saying is going to be the next Joe Montana. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, next Dan Marino. Take your pick. Um, no Super Bowls for the second one. I know, but hey, you never know. You never know. <laughs> you know what this reminds me? This whole deal reminded me of. Mm-hmm. I was watching Shark Tank um, yesterday. All right, this is gonna get and weird. And they were, <laughs> they were. It, it uh-huh. was two guys that were presenting it, and th- Mark Cuban offered them what was it, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for twenty five percent in their business. And the one friend goes, "How about two hundred thousand for twenty five? And right away, Mark's like, "Deal." Deal. I'll take that one. The friend was like, no, no, he's stupid. We'll take your deal. Yeah. But that's how I think this is, where it's like the Niners in this situation, they're Mark Cuban, where it's like, really? Yeah, of course we'll take that. And then they're like, crap, we've got Jimmy Garoppolo. It's like, it's a good thing to have, but also at the same time you're thinking, I didn't expect to have this so soon. And I think it's just one of those weird things where it's like... For, for me, and, and, and like mm-hmm. I said, Jimmy Garoppolo, I think he's a great quarterback. I think he has great potential to do good things in San Francisco. We have a very limited sample size of what we can look at right now mm-hmm. uh, for in terms of the NFL. Uh, very limited sample size. That's why the San Francisco 49ers are doing the right thing by, by franchise tagging him. That's so that way you have say. a one-year sample size. Yeah, tryout for him, essentially. It's an expensive tryout, but it works. That is the right move. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's not the right move. I'm just saying that it's a difficult situation for the 49ers because at any time Jimmy Garoppolo has the ability to go, yeah, I don't really want to be here, mm-hmm. and he can walk. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the nice thing for San Francisco is they only used up a second round pick for him. Not that bad. I still think that the Patriots messed this whole thing up mm-hmm. because they didn't really expect Tom Brady to still be performing at the level he is. And they fully expected to go into the future next year with what, Jimmy they, Garoppolo. They could have got like first rounders from Cleveland before, yeah. right? They they easily could have gotten a first round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo, mm-hmm. um, and they weren't willing to listen. Then all of a sudden, trade deadline's coming up, and shit, he's walking because Tom Brady's still here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, okay, second, that sounds great. You know, so this whole deal was weird to begin with. I think San Francisco just found themselves into a tricky spot mm-hmm. that will hopefully work out fine for them because Jimmy Garoppolo should hopefully be a good quarterback. Same thing we did with the Giants situation. We'll do it with the 49ers. Yep. How do you see this basically from now until 
now until the end of the season, because that's when the draft order for the 49ers, however, will be wrapped up. How do you, first off, two-phase question. Yeah. First phase, now to the end of the regular season, mm-hmm. with the draft order, how do you see it going? And then with the pick that you think they'll get, second phase of then then to the draft, what do they do with that pick? Do they make a selection or work a trade? Well, I think that here, here's my thought for the season. They win against Chicago. They win against Houston. And I think that Jimmy has great games. Mm-hmm. I think he looks phenomenal. He still has not thrown an interception in the NFL, throwing good touchdowns. You know, maybe he throws five, six total in these two games. Uh, the world's going crazy. Then he comes back down to earth a little bit because he's playing some good teams in, in Tennessee and in, in, uh, in Jacksonville and in L.A., the Rams. So he'll come back down a little bit and things will be normal. Mm-hmm. This is a good thing for San Francisco because you had a good flash and then you had average. You had normal. That's what you want because that way you're not being shit. Now we got to sign him to a $28 million a year contract because he just went balls out and mm-hmm. threw 20 touchdowns in these last five games. Uh, you know, that's, that's a good thing. You, you sign him to the franchise deal. I think that San Francisco probably goes, you know, 3-13 and 13 at the end of the season. Possibly 14-12. I'm going to stick to thirteen 3-13 with Chicago and uh, Houston being the wins. Um, they probably, there's a good chance they might knock themselves out of the top five. Mm-hmm. Um, Just to put it this way, with two wins over the Bears and the Texans, they could knock themselves out of the top five, and the top five would then be Browns, Giants, Broncos, Bears, and Colts. But depending on strength of schedule and the other tiebreakers, they could knock themselves to seven and below and have Houston be that sixth spot and be ahead of them because they beat them too. So I think it'll be... It won't be a bad situation, though, because... So far, John Lynch has proven he's a wheeler and a dealer, mm-hmm. um, and I think he's going to try and be the smartest guy in the room, and I think he's going to go and try and make deals again. I think mm-hmm. if I were looking into a future uh, a, a magic crystal ball into the future and I was going to pinpoint what will for sure be John Lynch's undoing, this is assuming that for sure he will have an undoing and he's not going to just be an amazing GM. Um, my guess right now would be the fact that he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room and he needs to make a deal. Because so far, that's what he's done. He's gone out there and he's done He's done a very good job at it. But eventually, it might not always work. Anyways, um, I think he will do that. And I don't think the San Francisco 49ers care where they're sitting in the draft round one. I think they're going to try and make a deal and I think they're going to want to move back. Uh, there's a lot of holes that they can work on. Um, and I think they'll they'll do that. And I think Jimmy Garoppolo is an exciting person to be around. So I think that they will be an attractive spot for free agents in the offseason. So I definitely expect San Francisco can have a very good kind of, uh, you know, offseason going into the regular season. Guess what I did not realize. What? So basically, listen to this. All right. Let's say in that situation, Houston does get the sixth overall pick. Because Mm -hmm. the 49ers beat them. They traded it away. It's the Browns. The Browns could have two picks in the top six. That'd be sexy, right? They'd have two picks in the top six, and one of them could be number one overall. That would be So they could trade the number one overall pick and just have their sixth overall pick. Right now it's seven. And if we're going off of strength of schedule, since that's the main one, the 
right now it goes off of, I'm assuming, lower strength of schedule gets yeah. a higher pick. Yeah. So if you're tied with the Giants, the Giants would win that one. Okay. Because they they're a... at 5'11", the Niners are at 5'34", and I'm looking at tankathon.com for all this. The 49ers would have a lower one than the Bears, so you'd win that tiebreaker, but they would have also a higher one than the Texans, which would be 5'11". So... Some teams you're looking at you could be tied with. Yeah. I mean, really the only ones that would beat them in ties are the Giants, the Texans, and the um, – actually Denver and the Colts would too. They have 483 and, and the thing that The thing that matters too is a team like Chicago has an easy ske- easier schedule coming up right mm-hmm. now. They can win games and move themselves out of the top five, making life easier for San Francisco. You know, same thing with a you know a Denver who's making some moves around now. You know, uh, I don't think Indianapolis is going to do mm-hmm. anything unless they fire Chuck Pagano um, at the end of the season. Same thing for the, you know, anytime a team fires a head coach and they get the mm-hmm. interim coach, they usually get a little bit of a bump. Yeah. If one of these teams do that, they could knock themselves out of the top five. Yeah, it's going to be interesting how things go. I'm going to do the same thing I asked you. I'm going to say Garoppolo knocks the 49ers out of the top six. They're going to be seven or eight. And the only reason why I say seven or eight is because I think that my top five as of right now will be Browns, Giants, Denver, Indy, Chicago, Houston, and then it'll either Mm. be the 49ers or if the Jets are tied with the 49ers, the Jets would win that tiebreaker with a lower strength of schedule. So I think it's either 7 or 8 for the 49ers, and 49er fans could be sitting there going, oh, that number 2 pick, we could have traded it for a lot more than what John Lynch can wheel and deal. He might be able to shock you, but it wouldn't be the same kind of a price tag and the same kind of a sexiness to it You know what is trading for that number 2. We don't get to know what the open market would have gotten for Jimmy Garoppolo. You're talking about on draft day? No, I'm talking, talking about, about in the offseason. Oh, in free we'll, agency. We'll never know. And that's a shame mm-hmm. because it would have been so fascinating to know what he was price-wise Which team, team might have overpaid for him? It, was he going to get a Brock Osweiler type of deal? With you know not Brock Osweiler talent, like meaning he's better than Brock Osweiler? <laughs> and he's only played like six games. Yeah. You know, um, Brock Osweiler played about six games, mm-hmm. I think. Very, very interesting. We'll this never know. Is, this is where you guys come in, though. Let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section. Will Jimmy Garoppolo hurt the 49ers? How do you think it plays out from now to the end of the season? Let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section. But, Mark, let's move on into our last topic before we make our picks for the week. And we're looking at my Minnesota Vikings. And I want to ask you this, Mark. All right. Can Case Keenum lead the Vikings to Super Bowl League? All right, here's something I want to say right off the bat. I want to get this out of the way. Um, I think this question is, is phrased in a bad way for you. Okay. The way the question is phrased, mm-hmm. my answer is no. Okay. Case Keenum can't lead the Minnesota Vikings to Super Bowl Lee, but the Minnesota Vikings can certainly get to Super Bowl Lee with Case Keenum as their quarterback. Yeah, he can just happen to be the quarterback mm-hmm. on the team when they go to the Super Bowl. I don't think he's going to win them 
a Super Bowl. I don't think he's going to lead them to a Super Bowl. We're not so sitting here we, in Baltimore. So you're saying we should na- we should change the 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 phrasing of it. No, I, I'm fine with it the way we have it okay. because I want to be able to answer no to this question. Okay. Um, and I do think it's an important distinction to make. Mm-hmm. Case Keenum is not leading anybody anywhere. He is doing enough, and he is doing a damn good job at enough. But he is not the guy who's going to go out there and single-handedly win it. That's a good thing because in Minnesota, you don't need to be the guy to go out there and single-handedly win it. You don't need Aaron Rodgers right now. Would you like having Aaron Rodgers? Sure, we all would. But you don't need him because— The Packers want him back, and they're not even going to make the playoffs. This run game is great. This defense is one of the best in the NFL. Mm -hmm. This passing game is very methodical. It is a very balanced attack in the NFL, and this is something that you can win with. Now, the one thing I I will kind of say about the Sanford— I'm I'm doing what you did, going back to the past uh, (laughs) topic. About the Minnesota Vikings is I do fear for Case Keenum going against top-tier playoff talent. Not saying that you guys have not played talented teams, because you have played talented teams. You've beaten talented teams. Mm -hmm. But I think when you get to the playoffs— the pressure's a little higher. I think Case Keenum, that is the time where he can start to unravel. Fortunately, Teddy Bridgewater's sitting there waiting. He's sitting there and just waiting for that one chance he gets. And I think this organization, Zimmer, he is sitting there waiting for that one mistake. And it could be this week against the Falcons. This one mistake that he can say, nope, you're gone. Teddy, you're in. I mean, the man goes out there and looks at Zimmer wrong, and he's going to say, no, you're out of here. Put Teddy in. First off, I disagree with you on that point. I don't think Zimmer is— The man refuses to commit. Refuses to commit to Case Keenum. I don't think Zimmer is—I don't think that's because he's not, like, that he doesn't want Case Keenum out there. I just think it's because, of course, you're going to throw the best option out there. And right now, Case Keenum is the hot hand. And the thing that I— attribute this to and I well I attributed the wrong word the thing I relate this to and all Case Keenum needs to do in order to make this team go and I kind of am using like make this team of course the team the team is led by defense that's what I'm getting to Mm -hmm. the defense just needs to keep doing what they do and Case Keenum all he's got to do is not turn over the ball don't turn over the ball. He's done a great job of that this season. And let the defense do what it do. Let McKinnon and Murray right now run the ball. You've got two great wide receivers and Diggs, and you're feeling the Thielen because you know I am. You've got Thielen. You've got Diggs. And this is, I look at this, and I go, all you have to do is basically do what Trent Dilfer did in the 2000-2001 season. And I know right away that people are going to say, but, 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 Ricky, slow that roll. I get that that Ravens defense that year was phenomenal. Like, just looking at the playoff games, they held the Denver Broncos to three points. They then held the Titans to, what was it, 10 points they held the Titans to? I got to scroll back up for it. Yeah, held the Titans to 10 points. Held the Giants to, I want to say, seven, and they held the Oakland Raiders to three. So obviously that year the defense led, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. This Minnesota defense. They could do the same thing. They're not going to be world beaters like the Ray Lewis defense was that year, but they could do enough 
to get key game, get key plays, get key turnovers, key situations, turnover on downs to get the ball to Case Keenum. Because when I look at just the playoff games for Trent Dilfer in that season, you look at it and you go, the first game, 130 yards, one touchdown, no INTs. Not a great stat line by any means, but didn't turn over the ball, did enough to win the game. The next game, 117 yards, no touchdowns, no INTs. Didn't turn the ball over, enough to win the game. 190 yards, one touchdown, one INT. Turned it over once, did enough to win the game. Of course, the defense, it helps when you're only 7-3 to three points is all you're scoring. And then in the Super Bowl, 159 yards, a touchdown, no INT. So one INT in that playoff run. Yeah. And when you look at their numbers... For the season, Case Keenum has more touchdowns, fewer interceptions, and a better completion percentage in a different NFL where people throw the ball more now than they did when Trent Dilfer was yeah, the quarterback for the Ravens. Uh, he's got a great completion percentage. Most of the time he's at like 70% or mm-hmm. higher. He's at 66 on the year. So he's doing a great job, you know. Case Keenum, especially right now, he's on a hot streak at the moment, you know, Washington, Rams, and then Detroit of 72, 71, 70. Mm-hmm. Um, now, he is on Ricky's favorite word, downcline at the moment. But, you know, he's when you start at 72, you can afford yeah. to come down a little bit. Um, now, the, the thing that I think is great for Case Keenum is that he doesn't turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had a little stretch where he was throwing an interception a game. Uh, and that's when people were hoping that Teddy would come back soon so that mm-hmm. way they could bench him. Um, that hasn't happened because Teddy wasn't ready yet. Yeah. And now he's kind of cleaned himself up. Just the thing that I think scares me when I look at the potential, and, you know, right now the Vikings are number one seed, so they should be— Number two seed. Number two seed, you so they still about, get a bye. You forgot about the best team in the NFC, the Eagles. Never heard of them. <laughs> uh, I do think that, you know, they still get a bye, so they potentially yeah. get to play the Eagles if they get to the NFC Championship game mm-hmm. with the Eagles there. They can go against the Saints, who— you know, Saints didn't have a great week this week, but— that's a high-scoring offense. Saints have also potential. lost. It. I know it was Week One, but the yeah. Vikings have all that defense have all already beaten the Saints. Yeah, you know my belief on the Saints. I do. When they get to, I mean, Lattimore's injured right now, mm-hmm. but I think this defense, when they get to the playoffs, I think that a Viking defense will perform better than a Saint defense in the playoff. You also get the L.A. Rams, you know, potentially in the playoffs. Already beat. There's them. a lot of these teams that. When you come to the playoffs, you get to play some of these tough teams. Mm-hmm. And I think that the thing that I've said before scares me about the Vikings. I know they've got a great defense. I know defense wins championships, all that good adage. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that teams will, if a team can get ahead of the Vikings, I think they'll win. And I know that's stupid. I know that's John Madden talk. But what I'm saying is, if you can get the jump on this defense, mm-hmm. this offense isn't going to keep up with you. If you can keep, you got to keep going. Mm-hmm. You got to keep your your foot on the acceleration here, um, because if you let the defense get a hold of you and you let them frustrate you, you know, then Case Keenum and his team can put up those, you know, maybe three touchdowns, and that's all it takes. Because Minnesota's defense is really good; they're not going to let you score that many points. That's when you come in an issue. You have to jump ahead of this team. 
Right mm-hmm. now, there's a lot of really high-powered offenses in the NFC. Well, I think that it can happen. And that's why this next week, this next week, I am using this game as a simulation for if we have to play the Eagles at Philly. Now, I know that the Falcons haven't been anywhere near what the Eagles are, but there are some similarities here. High-powered offense on the road. That's what I'm looking at. I'm not looking at it game plan. I'm not looking at it X's and O's. I'm looking- High-powered offense, I think you're being a little generous to this year's Falcons. But what I'm saying is, I mean, look at last week. Like, last week mm-hmm. they turned it on, and they were the Falcons of old, especially with Julio Jones, if you looked at Sean's fantasy team and how many points that he got him this week. But that's why I think this game will be a good one of And I know they played the Buccaneers last yeah. week, so I get Can't it. Can't get too excited. But— this will be the game. This will be one of the games where you look at and you go, okay, let's see what we can do against an offensive team like the Falcons on the road. Your better test, I think, honestly, is against the Panthers. Really? Cam Newton hasn't been anything Cam special been this good. year. Now he has. He's been on a roll. But I think the thing is, too, is the Panthers are a team you, for a good chance, mm-hmm. will play in the playoffs. Okay. There's a good you're chance you're going to go against that them. first game we play. Yeah. You could be against the Panthers. That's a good test. To, and I, and this, fortunately mm-hmm. for this one, it's on the road for you. Or at, in the playoffs, you'll probably be at home. Um, so that one, I think, is a good one because you're playing a team you might see again. Yeah. And it all depends. The to, rest don't matter. As of, as of right now, I'll ask, I'll ask you this, hypothetical. Yeah. Playoff situation, mm-hmm. Panthers at Saints. Who you, who you got winning that game? Panthers at Saints? At Saints. Probably going to pick the Saints. How about Falcons at Rams? Rams. So then we would have Saints at Eagles, Rams at Vikings. So we'd get a we'd get a team that we've already seen before. The mm-hmm. thing that I the thing I worry about this Viking team, and it's not like a huge worry, but okay. So we beat the Rams once before. We beat the Saints once before. Let's say we beat the Panthers in two weeks. We beat the Falcons in two weeks. If we see one of those teams for a second time in the playoffs, is a team going to get a second look at us and go, "That's now we know, we can we do know it. what we know yeah. what to expose this time around." It's totally possible because I mean I, I'm not saying the defense like this team is going to go based off defense. That's why what I want to see, I want to see Vikings Eagles in the NFC Championship game. That's what I want to see. I want to see. High-powered fly Eagles fly offense against a defensive team like the Vikings with a quarterback like Case Keenum where it's like, just do enough. Do enough to win the game. You can do some with your legs. He did it against the uh, Lions on Thanksgiving. But he's going to do enough to win the game for you and not mess it up for your defense. I mean, I think that your hope is totally possible. Mm-hmm. You know, I definitely think that there's a good chance we see a 1-2 battle in the NFC Championship, Eagles versus Vikings. Um, and I right now, I don't know which way I would lean. Obviously, I love that high-powered offense. They can go past anybody, and that defense is really good. The thing that I think gives the Eagles the edge over the Vikings is just the fact that they are a really good run defense. Or that the Vikings always choke in NFC Championship games. Well, yeah, especially if it's going to come down in to a kick. my lifetime especially. You know, maybe you'll kick it wide left. I don't know. Mm. Um, but <laughs> Thanks, Mark. You're welcome. <laughs> the big strong point besides the defense is the mm. run game, and that's what the Eagles can stop. That's what they are pretty much best at. Best yeah. at the run uh, at the run defense. So 
they're probably going to get the edge, and they're at home mm-hmm. uh, against the Vikings to walk into a Super Bowl, and we're going to have to hear it nonstop about the Eagles' high-powered offense, how they're the best team in the NFL. Carson Wentz is the best quarterback of all time. He's the next Tom Brady. I like Carson Wentz, but I'm just a little, and I know I'm biased because they just beat up on mm-hmm. my team, but I'm a little sick of it. I'm a little sick of it already. I'm going to ask you this, and yeah. I don't know the answer to it, so mm-hmm. I don't know if you do. Has Have we ever had it in the Super Bowl, in Super Bowl history, that a Super Bowl has been hosted and that team made it to the Super Bowl that year? I don't believe so, Would the Vi- Would the Vikings be the first one if they made the Super Bowl this year to b- basically be the home team? And make it to the Super Bowl that's I, in their stadium? I do not know an actual answer for sure, but I don't think it's happened. I don't think it's happened, but like I said, I don't know the actual answer. I want to ask you this hypothetical then. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I'm not making any predictions here with this. I just want to ask this hypothetical. If Case Keenum does enough, plays well, gets the Vikings to the Super Bowl, no matter who they play, could be the Steelers, could be the Patriots, could even be, I'll say, the Kansas City Chiefs who are on the downcline right now. But more importantly, either the Steelers or the Patriots. Would you be inclined to say, you know what, I'm going to give the Vikings not the full edge, but maybe a little bit of an edge because you're dealing with, hey, I get to go to my locker room, this is my locker, I've got the same I don't, situation, I'm basically playing a home game. I don't game. think that matters to me because... The Super Bowl is such a weird Such a spectacle. Game. Yeah, and any any player who's gone through it has talked about how it's mm-hmm. so different. And like your the halftime show really throws everything off. It really feels like a different game. I do want to point out it's happened twice. Okay. The San Francisco 49ers and the LA Rams back when they played in the Rose Bowl. Um, okay. have both done it. Candlestick being the other one. Was uh, that was that Joe Montana or was it Steve Young? Let's see, we had Super Bowl nineteen. And we had Super Bowl fourteen. Um, so Super Bowl curse is what this is titled under. So mm-hmm. um, that's something. Uh, maybe it's saying don't don't do it. But anyways, um, I yeah, don't think that Ram- really gives you the an Rams advantage. Lost, Rams lost to the Steelers. Yeah, that year thirty one. It was Super Bowl. Um, yeah, it's called the home field curse. Super Bowl fourteen and Super Bowl. What was the other one? Uh, twenty nine, I think. I, I just, I just wanted to pull it up really quick. Go, go ahead with the point. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. My, my point, I would give just against those AFC teams because you brought it up. Mm-hmm. I would give the Vikings the edge over the Steelers. The Patriots, no, because the Patriots. I'm not going to give yeah. the edge over of anyone over the Patriots. But I do think that against the Steelers, mm-hmm. you've already beat them once. Why not? I think you guys beat them. Maybe no, you guys we lost. lost. We lost those. Well, Steelers. you get your revenge game. With the only two losses that we have are the Steelers and oh, don't tell me. I know this. Um, we lost the Steelers and the Lions because we split with the Lions this year. Mm-hmm. Good job. So those are our two losses. I knew I could get it once I just that was before about it Case bit. Keenum. That was that was when we were, and that's the thing. Like with the Saints too. Like if we replayed the Saints. That could be a very different Saints game because the Saint team week one, week two was different than the eight-game win streak that just got snapped yeah. by the L.A. Rams. But 
The one thing I will to say— To be fair, Keith Keenum did play against the Lions, just not the Steelers. Yeah, the one thing I will say about this Viking team is they're—I mean, it's for most of the season, so it kind of feels a little ludicrous to say this, but they're playing hot football at the right time. Mm-hmm. And it looks like they're getting a full head of steam at the right time. Like, to me, ever since the—because the Brown game we almost lost at halftime, we were— I think down or it was a one score game. It would have been beautiful. going into half, Absolutely but we pulled beautiful. away. I would say ever since that London game, it was we were up huge on the Redskins. We let them come back for a closer game. The Rams game was, I mean, holding that holding that team to seven points. I don't know how we did it. And then the Thanksgiving game, watching that one late, I thought I'm like, great, Matthew Stafford's going to give me a hold my arm, broken arm game moment and yeah. win the game. But it looked like that team couldn't get anything going late in the game, even when the Vikings were just giving the ball back to the Lions. Yeah, it's going to be interesting for the Vikings. Um, I don't necessarily, because of Case Keenum, that's the only thing that holds me off from saying mm-hmm. this is a legitimate Super Bowl contending team. Um, but at the same time, that defense is so good. And when you get to the playoffs, defense matters a lot. I'm going to ask you, I got two final questions before we end this. The one is a fun one. All right. If Aaron Rodgers comes back for that um, Christmas, yeah, that Christmas weekend game on Mm -hmm. the, I believe that's Sunday night football that we're playing the, or Saturday football that we're playing the Packers. um, Do you think Aaron Rodgers could upend the Vikings? No. Um, I mean, if Aaron Rodgers... Well, I mean, sure, if Aaron Rodgers suddenly plays, sure, he can beat the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Of course he can beat the Vikings. Aaron Rodgers can beat anybody. Can he get the Green Bay Packers into the playoffs? No. No, I'm saying win against the Vikings in that game. Sure, why not? That's what I'm saying. Of course he could. I, the Packers He's are Aaron Rodgers. Packers are out of the playoffs. He just as likely could pull a, you know, <laughs> a, a Tony Romo and re-break his collarbone. True. You know, anything can happen. Second question. This one will end it for us here before we make our picks. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen with Case Keenum? Do you think, A, he plays the entire season, whether it ends in a Super Bowl win or a playoff loss, or two, he gets benched at some point and we see Teddy Bridgewater this season? I feel in my my heart of hearts 100% that he will be benched at some point in the season. Even if you guys go to the Super Bowl and lose the Super Bowl— he will get benched, even if it's that last play. Just so they Teddy's out there Teddy in the Super Bowl? There. At some point, Teddy Bridgewater will make his time. I think that if if it gets shown that we're about to lose this game, he's out, Teddy's in. Because if Zimmer was going to be committed to, the, to mm-hmm. Case Keenum, he would go out there and he would say it. And it's the, it's just that simple to me. He is, and I understand the hot hand, and I understand that he's going to put whoever's out there to win. Mm-hmm. That's fine. You can do that. But you don't be so noncommittal to Case Keenum um, without playing your hand of the first chance I get, I'm benching this kid. I don't know how many games we win the rest of the year because, like I said, the next two are going to be tough. I think, tough. I think we got at least three in us. Bengals, Bears, and Packers, mm-hmm. I think, are all wins. It's these next two. I, I think really it's the next one, but I'll give you the Panthers just to— Make you happy, Mark. Hey, it's a it's a home game for the Panthers. What I think will happen is right now, if I have to make a prediction, I'm going to go Case Keenum plays the entire season. We don't see Teddy at all. And right now I'm going to say Vikings lose to the Eagles in Philly. That's a, that's a fair one. Weekend. 
That's what I see is, right now. That could change, though, is by it the because, time we get. Is it because of a missed field goal? Sure. I mean, yeah. you go either way. You can. Go, I mean, history suggests it probably will be a loss because of a missed field goal. It could. It could very well be that. But I. that's what I see right now. The Eagles are the only – like, the Eagles are the only team in the NFL right now that I don't want to say scare me. But they should scare you. But they, let's be honest, they kind of scare me. And the one thing I'm looking at is, yes, I had to look up. I thought I was right. But it's e- it could either end in two ways in my lifetime, either a missed field goal mm-hmm. or the one that really sits at me because I was 11, year old, 11 years old when it happened. That giant team that lost to Trent, and this is bringing it full circle now, that giant team that lost to Trent Dilfer, in the Super Bowl, really lost to the defense, but I'm going to say Trent Dilfer. Who did they beat in the NFC Championship game? I don't remember. It was a long time ago. The Vikings. Do you remember the score? Like I said, it was a long time ago. 41 to nothing. Oh, that was the Don- That was the Dante Culpepper rollout Vikings, too. I nice. was so excited as an 11-year-old. My team's going to the Super Bowl. They got blown out. So this is where I turn on to you guys, though, before I start crying here on the video. You guys let me know. Let Mark know. What do you guys think? Can Case Keenum help this team? I'm going to phrase it here, help. Lead is different. Help this team get to Super Bowl lead. and shit. And number two, how long do you think Case Keenum? Does he play the entire season? Do we see Teddy Bridgewater? What do you guys think down below in the comment section? But, Mark, let's go ahead and end the podcast like we always do, making our picks for the upcoming week in the NFL. And let's start things off. Both these teams played on Thursday. They get a full week off playing on Thursday again. The 5-6 and six Redskins, the 5-6 and six Cowboys. We're actually going to talk about them this week. But Eli Manning decided to get himself benched. So that pushed the Cowboy topic out the window. Cowboys haven't been good. They're 0-3 since Ezekiel Elliott had been benched by the NFL. Mark. Cowboys right now are one-point favorites. Who you got, the Redskins yeah. or the boys? I'm going to disagree. I'm going to pick the Redskins on this okay. one. I'm, I'm going to roll with there's a lot of uh, unrest in Dallas. And to answer the question of who's more at fault, Dak or Jason Garrett. It's um, Jason Garrett. I, I would pick Jason Garrett. I don't think I would really blame Dak. I mean, he's doing what he can. But the team is really built up, and they need Zeke. They need Zeke. Otherwise, they're not going to be very good. And that defense is injured. Mm-hmm. So... This boring-ass Thursday night game because Thursday night games are always terrible in picking the Redskins. Kirk Cousins, Samaj P. Ryan, Jamison Crowder, they're all going to have good games. They're going to get the win. The Cowboys also, they look pretty good in the first half. In second halves, they look like the Cleveland Browns. It'll be the same here. Redskins get the win over the Cowboys. Then the Sunday games, and because I'm logged into my personal account The first one up on my list is the Vikings and the Falcons. Falcons, a field goal favorite in Georgia. Who you got, Mark? I'm going to go with the Vikings. I'm going to roll with them. I think they're doing a really good job. I think that defense is really good, and I don't believe in Atlanta. It's pretty. I know they had a a good game this past Sunday, but I'm not going to believe in them. One thing I will say about my last pick about the Vikings last week, I should have taken my own advice. I mm-hmm. should have put money on that game because remember what I said, take the parlay, take the Vikings minus three and the over under both happened. I should have put money on Mark. I could have won a little bit of money on Thanksgiving. I'm going to go with the Vikings yet again, although this is a game I mentioned 
in our Vikings segment that I'm not worried about, but this is the one where it's like, okay, how are we going to play against the team that is right now late in the season a playoff caliber team as the Falcons are sitting there at sixth in the playoff standings in the NFC. So I'm going to go with my Vikings, but it's going to be an interesting game to watch. Moving on, though, AFC, a AFC East matchup, Tom Brady at 9-2, and two, the Bills at 6-5, and five. Patriots are 8.5-point favorite. No reason to pick against Tom Brady at New Era Field. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you got Tom Brady out there, you don't pick against Tom Brady. It's that simple. Moving on, we've got Jimmy Garoppolo, the Niners, 1-10 in 10 Niners coming in to play the GOAT Mitch Trubisky and the Chicago Bears. The Bears are three-point favorites. I'm actually... Going against the line, Garoppolo comes in, wins it in his hometown, and the 49er fans yeah. rejoice because they well, finally win a game with to, Garoppolo. To be fair, this line is set with, I don't think they're certain that Jimmy Garoppolo is out there. Yeah. I think I'm Jimmy Garoppolo. the line right now yeah. is three. Jimmy Garoppolo being out there pushes this mm-hmm. in favor of the San Francisco 49ers, I would believe. Okay. Um, and with that being said, I'm going to pick the Chicago Bears. Um, I do think the here's the thing. I, bear down, right, Mark? Always bear down. Uh, I and I and you know and Mitch is out there. So um, and Mitch is out there. The the big thing is the Chicago Bears look terrible against mm-hmm. the the Philadelphia Eagles, and they should because they are the best team in the NFL. It's expected. They mm-hmm. have an easy part of the schedule now. If they can't win some of these games, then yeah, something is terribly wrong. Next game, we've got the Buccaneers. We've got the Packers in Lambeau. No line for this one as of right now on Tuesday, so it's a straight pick em. Who you got, Bucks or Packers? Well, Brent Hundley was actually looking kind of good out there for once. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think I'm going to have to say that the Green Bay Packers probably win on that one. But I'm going to pick the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because, Good you boy, know, Mark. Good boy. Go Bears. I'm not picking good the Packers. Boy. I mean, obviously. I'm going with the yeah. Bucks, and it's not just because I'm a Vikings fan. reason why I'm going with the Bucks, the Packers, yeah, they look good. Brad Hundley looked good last week. But the one thing you got to remember is the Steelers are a team that they usually play down to opponents. Yeah. And that was a case of the Steelers playing down to For an sure, opponent. But Tampa's not that great. In the Green Bay Packers. I think Tampa can do enough, and they won't play down to the Packers. I think the Packers are done this season. They don't season. need to play down. They're at the same level. I think that they'll get the win. The Bucks will get the win here. Packers are done not making the playoffs. You can just sit Aaron Rodgers the rest of the way, not worry about getting him re-injuring that collarbone. Moving on, we're going to the AFC South. We've got the Texans. We've got the Titans. Titans are a six-and-a-half-point favorite, and I will take that yeah. Titans over the Texans. As they should be. I mean, this is a team that is fighting to get into the playoffs against a team that is barely clinging to the playoffs well, I mean, right in now, Houston. Right now, the Titans are the third seed in the AFC. Exactly. To keep that going, especially with how the Chiefs have struggled. You might be able to climb up a little bit even for mm-hmm. Tennessee. Uh, that's a team that looks like they're getting hot at the right time. Moving on, we've got the Broncos 3-8, and eight, the Dolphins 4-7, and seven. Broncos are only a one-point favorite right now. Who you got in Miami? This is one of those games where you really have no idea who to pick, <laughs> I think. Uh, it's kind of a coin flip. I mean, Denver wants a high draft pick, so this I'm going to give a, them the loss. I was going to say, this is a draft game because yeah. the Broncos, I mean, you're sitting there right now. I believe, if my memory serves me correct, you're about it. Through four, maybe five mm-hmm. in the draft order. If you lose this, you can fall out of that top five and tie yourself with the Miami Dolphins who are in that six to ten range. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Dolphins at home. 
more so because the Broncos don't have a quarterback, and two, they want a better draft pick, and you're going to want them to lose Denver. Just wait until the end. Then you have the Chiefs six and five in the next game. The Jets four and seven. Chiefs are three and a half point favorites. Do the Commander and Chiefers turn it around this week in New York? I really thought that last week would be the week they would do it. You know, uh, this is a team right now that's in a very interesting situation because mm-hmm. they are so committed to Alex Smith, and Alex Smith is not getting it done for him right now. And like we talked about last week, Alex Smith is not the issue. Um, but he's Yet not again. He's Kareem, not being able to command like he, Kareem, like he used to. Kareem Hunt, where were the yards? He only got you one point last year. Yeah, week. it was a little ridiculous. Uh, a lot of things go wrong in fantasy football, but you know what? I'm out of the playoffs, so what do I care? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just a it's just a bad situation right now for Kansas City, and I I said it last week, so I'll have to agree with it again. Eventually, Andy Reid will figure it out. Eventually, he'll figure out that oh, I have this run game. I need to get it. Going. I need this run game, otherwise I will lose. I'm gonna pick the Chiefs to win, but I'm gonna pick them to win in a struggle win. I'm taking taking a line that we usually say on the college side. Like a it's ten to be, six. Yeah, it's gonna be what we call a struggle win. Yeah. Ten six, fourteen ten. Gonna be a close one. I think the I think it's actually gonna be like a high scoring game, maybe like thirty two twenty eight, then the thirties. I think the Jets are gonna give the Chiefs a run for their money. However, I think the Chiefs finally break it. You can't lose to the Jets. You can't the Jets lose are to not the that Jets. Bad this year. They're not bad, but really, like it's still to me losing to the Jets is like really you lost to the Jets. They're not that bad. They're not terrible, but you still lost to the Jets. Moving on, we've got the Colts. We've got the Jaguars. Jacksonville nine and a half point favorites. I'm going with the Jags. Oh, 100 home. 100 Jacksonville. <laughs> Mark's like Jacksonville. It's not even. A, it's not even a question. Moving on. Lions, Ravens, both six and five, both looking for playoff hunts. Ravens are actually in the playoffs right now. If the playoffs were to start, they're yeah. a three-point favorite. Can the Lions win this game, Mark? Uh, I don't know because we're right in this prime Lions <laughs> kind of mess things up time. Uh, at the flip side of it, sometimes this is when they get hot. Mm-hmm. Um, but they tend to mess things up at the end and. Baltimore is doing just barely enough. I mean, Joe Flacco does not look like the Joe Flacco that we used to ask the question, is he elite? Mm -hmm. Uh, The question's been answered. He's not. And they're just not looking very... I don't, I don't know if explosive is the right word, but they are a dink and dunk kind of team. Mm-hmm. So if Matthew Stafford can command his team out there, then sure, they can win. But on the flip side, I'm going to pick the Baltimore Ravens because I think they will dink and dunk, and I think that Detroit's doing enough to get in their own way to force themselves out of the playoffs. I think that the Lions keep this one close. I pick the Ravens because they're at home. If this one was in Detroit, I would pick the Lions. However, I'm going to go with the Ravens at home. That defense plays better at home. going to yeah. go ahead and pick the Ravens. Then, to me, this is the most interesting game of the entire Week 13, Mark. The reason why, we have the winless Browns, we have the 5-6 and six Chargers. Last year, let's rewind to last year, Yeah, the Chargers, they got their first win against the Browns. This time it's the Browns winless coming into San Diego. Do the Browns get their revenge and get the first win? The Chargers, I sure hope so. Chargers are two touchdown favorites. As they probably should be. I mean, there's no reason why L.A. should lose to the Browns. With that mm. being said, I'm going to pick the Browns to win this game mm. because I feel like it would be a— Show them show them claws going with the Wolverine. Right. I feel like it would be an 
L.A. Ran, uh, or I'm sorry, L.A. Chargers kind of thing to do. And this quite possibly will be the least attended game in the mm-hmm. NFL in sheer numbers because, one, the stadium is small. Two, it's Cleveland. Three, it's the Chargers, which nobody in L.A. really cares about right now. Mm-hmm. Um, poor Chargers. They're actually having a good season right now, and the Rams are just having a better season. And I was wrong. It was not the Chargers who were winless. It was the Browns who were winless. They yeah. only win last year was to the San Diego Chargers. And they could do it again. Um, and they, they totally can can make it happen. Cleveland's got to win one. Uh, I forgot who it was. Somebody was going out there and saying that for some reason no one in the media is going ahead and saying it, but he was going to be the one to do it, that Hugh, Jack, uh, Hugh Jackson is a terrible NFL coach, is mm. absolutely awful. And you know what? I don't disagree. Two years one win. I mean, it's. I just say it's Cleveland. But if it's you Cleveland. if you took Cleveland's roster and uh-huh. you took Buffalo's roster, you took the Jets roster, you took some of these bottom feeding teams, you took the Chicago Bears. The Cleveland Browns really have that much worse of a roster than some of these other teams. Yeah, but it's Cle- no, they it's really Cleveland. Don't. No, but I'm saying is they don't. But it's Cleveland. Like sure. there's only one thing. Sure. There's only one thing that can just scrape that Cleveland sure that Cleveland like sludge off you. His name's LeBron James. There's one thing that can football. There's one thing that can get that Cleveland sludge off of you. It's getting out of Cleveland. Yeah, but or being LeBron. No, I I definitely agree with this one. The Hugh experiment did not work. He is not a good NFL coach. Could be over, but it it better be. I mean, the man's won one game in two Mm -hmm. years. This team is not bad enough to be zero sixteen. Yet he is. Potentially going to have an 0-16 season. All about that money ball. I think the Chargers get the win. Moneyball and the Browns lose and go to 0-12. Then a game where it's like Raiders. Raiders win. They're a touchdown favorite over the Giants. Geno Smith, Davis Webb don't have it. Eli oh, not no, starting. It's a joke. Raiders with the win, even without Crabtree. I, I think very— Crabtree and could be without Cooper because Cooper, I think, is injured. Yeah. Uh, very likely, I think that Eli ends up playing at some mm-hmm. point in this game because Geno's a bad quarterback and uh, Davis Webb's a rookie. He's a rookie. Yeah. Moving on though, we've got the Panthers. We've got the Saints. This is a prime matchup. Love it. I love it. I, I gave you this hypothetical for a yeah. playoff game, and guess what? It's happening. Who do I'm you sticking got? with it? Panthers and Saints. This one, this time mm-hmm. though, it's in New Orleans. Yeah. And or actually, yeah, it would be. It in was New at Orleans. New Orleans either way. You know, I love to claw up, but in this in this Saints situation, are, Saints are four point favorites. I got to roll with the Saints on this one. I think mm-hmm. that they just got a little bit more going for them. They did not have a great game last uh, on on Sunday, mm-hmm. um, but I, I definitely think that they. Are the better of these two NFC South teams now? Lattimore, Lattimore's injury concerns me, and also mm-hmm. you've got this defense right now is not like they're not what they used to be. The one game last week, can they bounce back from it? Lattimore's injury is really what's been hurting them in that department. However, I'm not taking Cam Newton until he proves me proves to me that he is back and not just a fluke. I'm going to take Drew Brees over Cam Newton. Saints with the win in I don't New know. I think, Drew, I think that Cam Newton's been doing quite a bit this season. Moving on, we've got the last mid-afternoon game, the Rams at 8-3, and three, the Cardinals in Arizona. The Rams are a seven-point favorite. I'm going with L.A. How about you? I think this is a great 
trap game right here. This is a game where L.A. can easily Divisional be upset. Game. Yep, and they're on the road going to Arizona. Mm-hmm. I'm going to lean towards picking Arizona on this one. Um, I definitely think there's a great chance that L.A. just goes out there and puts up their points. But with the divisional matchup, Arizona's going to want to play tough. I think they can get this trap. And then our final two games in the primetime on Sunday and Monday. The first one, Sunday Night Football. The Philadelphia Eagles 10-1, and best record in the NFL, going into Seattle, 7-4 and Seahawks. The Eagles are six-point favorites. Who wins this game, Mark? Do the Eagles finally get their second loss of the year? I think it's very possible, and I, and I hate to say that I hope for it because I like watching the Eagles play. Mm-hmm. They're a really fun team, just not when they're playing against my team. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, and I do want I want the Seattle Seahawks to end up in the playoffs, mm-hmm. you know, because I think they are such a dangerous team in the playoffs, and that's always fun as well. Um, they're a team that can make some noise. But they... The thing that scares me a lot, of course, is that offensive line. And Mm -hmm. I know they have Russell Wilson, so he kind of counters that. But that offensive line I don't think can do a great job against Philadelphia's defense. So I'm going to kind of have to pick Philadelphia. Um, You know, maybe their celebrations will mean something against a good team. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I I only bring this up because it popped up on my news feed today with First Take talking about it, I think, yesterday with – Steven, was it Steven? I don't know. It was because of Kyle Long said it that mm-hmm. on the Chicago Bears that he's like, these these celebrations are getting a little ridiculous. And I like them. They were fun to watch, and I, I love that the announcers are giving the Eagles shit about bullshit you didn't rehearse that because everybody <laughs> is involved in this synchronized dance. My yeah, fav- you rehearsed it. My favorite one from Thanksgiving was when Case Keenum ran in the touchdown, mm. and then they all sat down and were like yeah. passing around Thanksgiving. No, I, I, think, I think they're fun. Well, I think it's fun. I think the, the Kyle Long's point is that his team lost, but yeah. two, it was also... Well, yeah, if you're on the losing end. It's also I mean. the fact that the Eagles were celebrating everything that happened mm. in that game, and you're playing the third-to-worst team in the <laughs> NFL. No duh. You don't need to celebrate. It reminds me mm-hmm. of uh, Pernell McPhee, I, th- I believe it yeah. was, who uh, who celebrated a sack. Oh, no, that was Lamar Houston. Oh, Lamar Houston, who Where celebrated, celebrated and tore his a ACL. sack when the team is losing by, like, three possessions, uh-huh. and then he got hurt. Um, tore, like, an MCL or something. ACL, yeah. MCL. It's just one of those things where it's like, all right. You had your fun, <laughs> but you're playing the Bears. Last game of the week, Steelers at Bengals. I'm going with the Steelers, who are five-point favorites. How about you? Do the Bengals get the upset? Well, I mean, they could because— In the jungle. Like like you yourself have said, and, and I know we talk, we mentioned this a lot on the po- podcast, the, the Steelers play down. Play down. Uh, and it's divisional, and you're on the road. Um, but I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going to say that the, the Pittsburgh Steelers win this one in, you know— I don't. I don't really like the Bengals this year, and I. I, I that's not a hot take. They've won what four games. I don't, I'm not. A, not a big Bengals fan this year. I want to ask you this, and this is kind of the one thing that we'll end this on. Is I was listening to Colin Cowherd today, mm-hmm. and one of his main points is the reason why he doesn't like the Steelers compared to like a team like the Patriots. He's like Patriots have a system. The Steelers don't have a system. They're a team that's off of emotion. And they're very ups and downs, hills and valleys. Do you agree with that with the Steelers? No, that I think they it's, don't have like. I think it's not, really stupid to say a team doesn't have a system. Every NFL team has a system. If you don't have a system, you don't play. I overall, so not like, hey, this is our offensive system, but like 
I think more so meant culture. That's what I was looking for. It doesn't have the same culture. That I like don't the think Patriots that the, no, I don't think the Steelers don't have a culture. I think that's a dumb comment too. I like Colin Cowherd, mm-hmm. but I think he's 100% off. People get really big on this whole Bill Belichick mm-hmm. culture bullshit. And, <laughs> you know, and I'm not saying that the Patriots don't have a way about them and, and this vibe. But you know what that vibe really comes from? Mm-hmm. The fact that they've won a lot. That's what it is. It's not that Bill Belichick goes out there and says, I'm going to set the clocks five minutes back. You better be there on time. I mean, we're not no, talking about... They go and they win. We're not talking about Hugh Jackson's system. Yeah. We're, they just have a culture about them because they win. Mm-hmm. And part of the way they win is because they do feel like they're better than everybody. And Bill Belichick is constantly trying to outsmart everybody. You know, thus we have Spygate. Because mm-hmm. it wasn't actually illegal. It wasn't against the rules. Mm-hmm. You could do it. You just technically shouldn't do it. You know, you have something like that where it's just Bill Belichick trying to get the upper hand, um, you know, and, and you have situations like that. I don't really buy into the this team just has this amazing culture that no other team could ever possibly repl- replicate. Sorry, Sean, but no, I don't buy it. I think that's silly. I think it's a silly comment to say. Well, this is where you guys come in. Let us know what games you're excited for. Who do you got winning the big matchups? And like I said, which games are you excited for this week? A little bit of housekeeping here at the end. If you like the podcast, like what we're doing here, Most Valuable Podcast, make sure to check out patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast help us out a little bit more than you guys do each and every day and also if you're on itunes if you have an itunes give us that five star rating then go do the same for the primetime podcast the fast break and the rick and johnny podcast i want to thank you guys for either watching on youtube if you're listening on itunes blog talk radio spreaker if you're on tune in radio if you're on stitcher however you're listening to us thank you for giving us your time today And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.